Okay, good Chodesh, good Monday. Sponsorship for the month, Joni and Moshe Pollock in memory of Shimon ben Moshe, Moshe's grandfather, Tzvi ben Mordechai, Moshe's grandfather, and our precious, precious soul sister and Rebbe, Shira Rachma, Basar of Alter, Nasan Nata, Joni's sister. The week is sponsored memory of, uh, by Miriam and Avram Deutsch, memory of Menachem ben Shmuel Yezir Aliba Feldman, Miriam's father on his ninth year at site. Marilyn and Josh Adler, memory of, Ma- memory of Marilyn's mother, Shifra Tzivia, Basav Ram Yaakov, a co-investor, Hensha, and for their foolish name of Mr. Weiser, her Abba, Mishalom Zisha, Ben Sara, and Esti and Shimon Golovensitz, for their foolish name of Esti's brother, Mordechai Tzvi, Ben Frad, and for their foolish name of... Aaron Tzvi. Aaron Tzvi, Ben... Ben Fagachavalea. Two more things. Our dear Chaver, Ibdavid Jerome, his bubby passed away. That's why he's not here. Great, great. Great. Right. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I want to dedicate the uh, learning also for Sarah Leah Bas Yechiel, as well as I got another thing a second ago. Um, ah, right. The whole month is actually in memory of uh, of, of David Aaron's grandmother Lillian Jerome, uh, Sarah Leah Bas Yechiel. Yeah. Daniel Abba ben Esther. Daniel Abba ben Esther to Leilu Neshama or Refua? No, Cheshashon, Refua. Oh, Refua. Okay, Refua. Refua, Refua, Refua. Okay, something very, we're going to do something just, just for a few minutes today because it's already very late. And also in, in honor of this precious girl, Ella, Tamar. Ella Tamar. Ella Tamar. All right. If you, you have this farm here? You don't have this farm? Oh, they're not, I thought they were out, No. They're here, right? Oh, okay. If you could pass these around, we're going to do just a few minutes today. And as beautiful as and sympathetic as this was, can you shut off the the heater? It's it's uh yeah it's 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 coming out. It's coming out yeah, it's like it's coming down hard. All right. So if we could open up the daf ayin aleph, and um, Mr. Rich, I'm going to need your help today, okay? It's going to start from the words. Uh, basically, shut up and listen, <laughs> more or less. Uh, okay, no. You got that? <laughs> we want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we've been. And what is chus? I'm learning for the first time with one of my dear old friends, Azriel. Azriel guests who joined the neighborhood recently. Baruch Hashem. So happy, so glad. So kacha, chaverim yikarim. Let's go, let's go, like, try to get laser focused for a few, few, a few minutes like this. What we want to figure out is what is the Rebbe talking about when he keeps on saying imagery and visions? And what, is, what does he mean when he says this should happen to you during your tefillahs v'chuleh? And, and he keeps on saying, and don't, don't uh, fall into false thoughts or or illusions with your thoughts. How do I know what's a real thought? How do I know what's not a real thought? How do I strengthen my olam ha-machshava? How do I not strengthen my olam ha-machshava? One of the things that <coughs> I've noticed and I've discussed with a few of the chavah the last few weeks is that randomly during davening, whenever we catch ourselves that, phew, we may be saying ashrei, but we're totally in compl- a completely different zip code. All right? Like, remember the famous story that one time after, after Shachris, or after davening, they were in shul for a few hours, Reb Levi Yitzchak and Reb Levi Yitzchak comes to these two uh, Yidin that were davening behind him, 
And after being next to them for a few hours, he says, Oh, Shalom Aleichem. What do you mean, Shalom Aleichem? I, I, saw, <laughs> I was here a few hours. I've been here for a few hours and you greeted me in the morning. He's like, yeah, but from the time you came here, where you've traveled... And now that you're back, unbelievable, <laughs> Shalom Aleichem, right? Now everyone has this, in, like, let's think about it, everyone has this Indian. I, in fact, from the time you guys sat down here, and me too, I should say Shalom Aleichem also. ADD is the, is, is the door, it's, it is what it is. It's, it is what it is, we try very hard. People that come to Shul, we come to learn. It's so hard to stay focused. So one of the things that this has helped me and a few others tremendously is that every so often, we'll, when we catch ourselves being completely in Hanalulu while we're davening here in Efrat, whatever, the, whatever we're up to in the Siddur, we imagine those words. And, and the Rebbe gave us a great etza for this a few weeks ago. Remember what he said about, um, what were the words in Aleinu he said to do? V'chol berech l'chasichra, right. You spoke about them. This Indian of um, just imagine the whole world kneeling before Hashem. Just imagine that for a second. You want to really be zoned in? You want to come back? You want to just like feel like you're in the center? Come back, come back. Just imagine the whole, everyone. Uh, this morning it happened to me in Magen Avram. Magen Avram was for me this morning my uh, coming, back to, uh, coming back to the David and coming back to the center. Magen Avram. These are not things they tell us when we're growing up in yeshivas that this is what real frumkite means, but it, this is something that it can save our, our Yiddishkeit. If we feel shayach to the davening, if we feel shayach to the basement, if we feel shayach to the sinner, if we don't feel shayach, then how much longer could it last by doing everything by rote? It's going to be very difficult. And we were discussing that when children see their parents connecting to davening like this, that they see their parents are seeing the words that they're actually experiencing, you give over Yiddishkeit to your children infinitely deeper than anything that you could tell them what to do. Just like little girls can be Yidlach forever by seeing the way their mothers light Shabbos candles, you can give over at that moment of lighting Shabbos candles to your children more than you can give them in, 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 in well, I would say in Eretz Yisrael in, in, in 12 years and like maybe 1,200 shekel of uh, Jewish education in America, I would say. 12 years and... 120,000. No, I'm kidding. Um, Much oh, wow. more? You kidding? Yeah, you are kidding. I guess so. Twelve years, one hundred twenty. You're doing. Oh, I wanna, twelve years. I want to know yeah, where that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know where that yeshiva is, yeah. right? So the Rebbe is giving us gems, gems, gems that that can keep us plugged in and connected. And especially in days like today, Rosh Chodesh, there's some new words going on. There's, I love these words. I'll tell you a great Reb Shlomo story. This is a great story. But the, uh, just like words that pop out to you that make you realize you, you can imagine this. One time, I mean, this happened many times, that Reb Shlomo invited the whole crowd with him out to eat after a meal, after a concert. And um, this time, he didn't have enough money to cover for like, this was in Sfat. He didn't have enough money to cover like, I don't know how many, like 70 people came with him to some, you know, I don't know about Sfat restaurants. I can't imagine that they're like these luxurious especially like 40 years ago, 45 years ago. It's not like one of these massive, probably a little hole in the wall that they have, you know, a few, a few cute vegetarian things in Mashiach, right? But everyone went, and there wasn't enough money to pay for everybody. So the owner of the restaurant told Rib Shlomo, listen, I might you the money if you're writing Nunigan right now. So it's like, okay. So what did he think? It was Rosh Chodesh, right? 
So he said, you know, Mizbeach Chadash, right? Like a table, a new, a new type of table you'll prepare for me, like I, I could actually pay for it, right? Mizbeach Chadash, B'Tzion Tachin. So he wrote on the spot, Mizbeach Chadash, B'Tzion Tachin, B'Ailas Rosh Chadash, You know that? Imagine it, Mizbeach Chadash. I miss someone that's so plugged into the words that they normally say and has a so- strong concept of, of his chaskus, hamachshava, they can take the imagery that they have in their mind and take with the things and, cre- and do creations with it. Like this nigan. You know, it's Ashgacha, you're here, Israel. Your Zaydi used to, El Vashon, used to say that Reb Shlomo was the master of virtuous reality. That means that when he, t- when he told over a story, it was happening while he was saying it. That's why, he was, that's why there was such a, it was such a ma, ma, you know, magnetism when, when you hear Hasidic tales by people that it's, it's like happening. The imagery is actually happening before them. So I think what the Rebbe has been telling us, for, for, and he's going to say it straight out here, he's like, don't wait for moments where you have to work hard on making sure your machshava is in a holy place. Constantly, constantly, constantly be mit'asek in hitchaskut ha-machshava. Try all the time. It should always be a thing that you're working on of strengthening your world of thought. And he's, he's given examples. He's going to give a, f- a few more examples. But he is going to warn us about what it's not. And we're just going to do one paragraph today. I'm going to read it in Hebrew. It's, it's complicated. And that's why Mr. Rich, Reb David, is going to say it over in English. But first I want to read it in Hebrew. One paragraph today. It's already very late. Daf Ein Aleph. Okay. Also, please have a refuah shleima, my nephew, Chaim Yehuda ben Talibatia. Chaim Yehuda ben Talibatia. Shere refuah shleima. Hasket ushma ve'altite. That means buckle up or simmer down, right? Hasket ushma. Altite. Don't don't get confused here. Kvar hizharnucha le'el she'en kavanatenu. Be silent, take heed, and do not err. I have already cautioned you that I do not intend that when you experience some holy feeling, you will begin to fly in your mind and seek some image to match this feeling, heaven forbid. That which you're feeling, if now you're trying to match it to something that you can think of in your mind, will fly away. Were you to do so, that itself would change your feeling. In addition, I- images that come as a result of a conscious search 
are merely actions of the mind. And we? And we want, to, we want Hashem to help us attain the sight experienced by the spirit That's it. that is higher than the mind. Uh, say that last line again, and, and, and have kavana right now that this is possible without the usage of any drugs. Listen to what he's going to say right now. Rather, we want Hashem to help us attain the sight experienced by the spirit that is higher than the mind. Sight experienced by the spirit that is higher than the mind. We want to be able to reach a level of seeing things through our soul. That place of seeing things through our neshama is higher than whatever our mind can, can, can experience, can see. Most people think that these things aren't accessible unless they're induced by something. The Rebbe didn't believe in that. The Rebbe believed that the nefesh is that powerful that if I know how to tap into my neshama, I can feel and see things that are much stronger and more real than anything that even my mind, which is like the most, you know, my mind, my mayach, my seichel, is kivyachol, the strongest part of me. And he's saying over here, that's not what we're talking about over here. We're not trying to say how creative could you be with developing your mind to be strong. We're trying to get to a place of seeing the world with our neshamas, to see, to literally see things through our nefesh. So is that separate from the heart also? It's a different, it's, it's a different mahalach, but it's of course connected. But it's above, usually we don't say we see through our heart, we, see, we feel through our heart, and we imagine things through our mind. Here he's saying, go to the world of imagery and actually say, and realize, we're trying to tap into something that's stronger than just how strong my mind is. I could imagine, what could it be like? No, it's that I actually, I actually see it. And I... I can't explain it to you, but my, my nefesh is experiencing this, and I see this. Is it the like the third eye when you can see? <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Yeah. No, it's a Harsinai level, but now. <clears throat> What's that? It's a Harsinai level, but now. They saw the kolot. They saw the kolot. Could be. Yeah. Could be. That could be it. Because no one, no one's really given us a good vote on. Uh, you know, bring it down to my level of Well, if you're operating on a soul level, you could see voices. If you're operating just on a mind level, you could say, well, I imagine that there's something going on here, a voice, it has an imagery. He's going to, I'm just, a few more lines. It's it's just a... In your mind, you can only imagine and generate a sort of metaphor that your intellect uses to compare one matter with another. This is the metaphor and phenomenon that it represents. But we want to unveil within ourselves a spark of the sight experienced by the students of the prophets. Well, so this is, this, this is right. he went one more line, but I would Dafka wanted him to because this is the point of this whole Sefer. This is how the Rebbe opened up this Sefer. What does it mean, Yisrael b'nei neviim him? What does it mean that we're all children of prophets? He already explained to us in the beginning of this Sefer, there were two levels of prophecy back when Nevoa was in the world, far, like full on. One was a prophet could say, Hashem, this is going to happen. That was 50% of how a prophet prophesied. Only people that their soul was revealed to them, they had a giluya nefesh, meaning that they really knew who they were, were the prophets that could prophesy and say these things which are more like fortune-telling. 
Only people that had a hasaga of who they really, really were. The Rebbe told us in the beginning of this Sefer, the first part left with Chorban Abayis, meaning the part, who are the last three prophets? Chagai, Zechariah, and Malachi. They say that those were the last three prophets that were prophesying with this Indian of like Hilu future stuff, right? But the Rebbe said the other 50% of what prophecy is all about, about a person having their soul being revealed to them, that, that level, that's called nevuah. That's prophecy. We, we may have given it different words over the years, but that's actually what prophecy is. And he says that was never taken. That can't be taken. That, that, the, the, the opportunity to connect to this place was never taken from us. So the Rebbe said over here, what are we trying to do here? We want to walk around like Bnei Nevi'im, which is who we are. And what does a Ben Navi do? He looks at the world through Re'iyah Sanefesh. He learns how to look at the world through the spark of his godly soul. That's how he looks at the world. That's how he looks at people. But most importantly, that's how he also looks at himself. That's how he looks at himself. And when we say, you're all B'nai Nevi'im, that means you have a hasaga of who you are. Most of us spend 80 years going from therapist to therapist to figure these things out. So like, who am I, the real me? Saying, what are you talking about? You're all B'nai Nevi'im. You know, just, just use the tools we're trying to give you here to tap into to, to what you're capable of seeing, what you're capable of doing. But the, the most important thing is, is like, can you imagine if we really lived amongst ourselves like B'nai Nevi'im? that we really saw each other through the Re'iyas and Nefesh? When that's the way that I live my life, then these things happen to me more often without even trying. Without even trying. He continues, Uletachlis ze, six lines on the top, Uletachlis ze tzrichim legalos uleotzi banu machshava chazaka vedimion shel kedusha. In order to attain this place, for this purpose to be something that's tangible in my life, what do I need to constantly work on? Holy imagination. That's how I strengthen it. Children, my, you know, I, I can't believe sometimes when I actually have enough chokhmah uh, um, to know that all the, all the tires that I'm really looking for are by my children's questions. All the tires I ever really need in my life is really coming out of my children's mouth. You know this for sure. You have this onion. I see it by you a lot. When they ask you this question that's all based on a dimayon of Kedusha, it puts everything into perspective again. Everything. I told you, oh, I said, no, yesterday, women shear. On Shabbos, we had the parent-child learning here after davening downstairs. It was so beautiful this Shabbos. There were, there were so many kids in here. I couldn't believe it. And Stephen Eagle prepares these sheets. And I think he, he's the one that prepares these sheets. And there were questions. And you sit with your kids, you ask them questions, it's amazing. One of the questions was, why do you think God decided to start the, the ten plays, the ten makot dafka on the water? Right? With, with something to do with the water. It's a good shayla, no? What's the answer? Yeah, listen, five-year-olds are supposed to answer this. Like, what's the answer? <laughs> go, go to your dimyot. That was their main source of their... Idol worship. They literally said, "I made this, and this gives them everything." Right. So that's it's their whole system. What else? What else? What? 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 What was the? If we live in a world of mida connected mida, what? What happened with the water? 
So you ta- ta- talk to children about, you know, you see that little kid over there? There's a baby in the room. So can you imagine? I don't know why I did this, but it was like, <laughs> no, I wanted, I mean, it was like, no, it was the Yossi in me. I went full, I was like, <laughs> I went full on. Like, you see that, there's a baby. I said, you see that baby? Can you, so this baby, like all these little babies were thrown into the water. So then they said, okay, but what happened to them in the water, right? Because they said Moshe Rabbeinu was also yeah, thrown into the water, right? That's what they said. Moshe Rabbeinu was also thrown into the water. So, you, you know, the Midrash, the Midrash has an amazing, amazing take on this. Because it's too harsh to think that God could, could create the world and create Am Yisrael where the beginning was that all these Jewish babies were thrown into water. So it's a good Midrash to remember. It's from Yalko Chimoni. We were learning this in my kids' mind. There, it was like, they saw it. I have to work on myself to believe it. They saw it. Listen to this crazy Midrash. The Midrash says that all these babies that were thrown into the water were learning Torah with Malachim all the, all the years, and they rejoined Am Yisrael during Kriyas Yamsuf. It's one of the miracles of Kriyas oh. Yamsuf. They rejoined. So I, I, I first heard this word. I read it somewhere, and then that week I had to pay a shiva call by a Nebuchadnezzar, a stillborn situation in New York. And uh, the parents got so much chizuk saying, you know, these children are sitting and they didn't get enough learning of Torah. Those nine, eight, nine months, whatever it was, they went right back to the Malachim to learn Torah, and they're going to rejoin Am Yisrael when we do the final Kriyas Yamsuf, right? So you could read that in a book called Le'am Loez or Yaakov Shimoni, and you're like, oh, that's what they say. Or you could, ima- or if you're a, a Yid that's constantly working on his holy imagination, that's actually what you see. That's actually what you see. That's happening in, your, in, in, in the eye of your soul. You see that happening. Children are, are untouched. They could still see these things happening much easier, much smoother without filters than, than the adult. And that's what he's saying we want to drive you to. We already brought before you all these holy books that explain to you how the importance of illustrating holy imagery before your eyes. Meaning, how do we become B'nai Nevi'im? How do we tap into becoming B'nai Nevi'im? Every time you read in the Torah something, can you imagine it? So for instance, we have the Parshas right now. Of this is the first mitzvah we get this Shabbos, right? Right? This Shabbos. The first few mitzvahs comes up in this part, right? Now the parshias are filled with imagery. It's easy. But go to parshas Truma and Tetzava. Take every miksha. Take every part of the menorah, of the mishkan. Imagine it. Learn the svarim that show us the imagery of these things. Work on it. That's why it was so important that I, for me to, that I sent out the maps of all the halachas we were speaking about, because it's important when you can imagine, when you have the imagery of it, you use this thing that is so potent, it's so strong, and usually it makes us into really bad boys, this thing called machshavas. And now we're trying to say, I'm going to use it for kedusha. I'm going to use it for kedusha. I'm going to pound away with kedusha with these things. Ah. So when I'm in it, when I'm used to using my mind for illustrations of tziurim de kedusha, then hopefully, Be'ezer Hashem, it appears more and more to me throughout my day. And the way that I look at the world is like a Ben Navi, if that's the way that I'm normally accustomed to using my mind. Machshava chazaka, 
לא דמיונות מדיחים, strong thoughts, not repulsive imaginations, ולא הזיות, you know what הזוי means? בואנה, אתה הזוי. What does that mean? No, no, I wish. הזוי means hallucinations, yeah. הזיה. בואנה, איזה הזיה זה. And he sees over here, הזיות הבל, hallucinations of vanity. And look at this word in Yiddish. Fantasies, yeah. Fantasies. You see, fantasies. שאין בהם ממש, that don't really have a lot in it. ורחוקים מנפש דקדושה, and these things that are far from a holy Yiddish soul, יתגרו בך. You know, you know, יתגרו means? ומתגרה בי? Literally to scratch, it means like it's, these things, when it's coming from the wrong place, it's going to start to mess with you. More and more and more. Wait, is that real? Is that real? רק דמיונות הנפש ומראות הקודש תעלה בקרבך. ואז, כשתתרגש נפשך ונפשך, התמונה בקרבך מעט תתגלה. And then, when you have a moment of התרגשות during davening, and your soul that's תמון, תמון, like the lotion of התמונה on Shabbos, right? What does תמון mean? What's that? Like buried, like hidden deep inside you. Me'at titzgaleh. Will a little bit become revealed to you. Ve'yad v'regel toshit el mochacha v'libcha. And you extend a hand and a foot now to your mind and to your heart. Timtza machshava v'dimyon ha'kodesh el b'nei anevim. Now you're going to find world of imagination and thoughts of like b'nei anevim, how they work. Ve'et marot hitrakshuyotecha you're going to see the visions of what you're, what you're feeling. I asked you last time, did any of you ever see the Amshin of a Rebbe say a bracha? Right? That was one of the times that I knew I was in the presence of some... You didn't, right? No. You're a bad boy. <laughs> you have to. He still asks me about it. If you ever, did you ever see the Amshin? You probably saw him. I once the Shmali film. He gave us a Lachayim, but it was like... Did you see his eyes when he yeah. gave you a l'chaim? Yeah. I also went, I went with Yachad once. I couldn't believe it. I waited. It was Shavuos morning. It was like I walked from the Kotel to the Amshan of a Rebbe in Bayit Vagan. It was, it, was, it was crazy. I was like 17 when I went with my friend. And he said, no, no, come, you need to get this. And the Rebbe took a l'chaim. I'll never forget. You probably remember how he did this. And he looks at you and he sees with his soul. He's not seeing with, you think he's seeing with his eyes? He's, seeing, he's a Ben Navi, he's seeing with that place. And he looks at you, and he gives over his whole chiyas at that moment, and he gives you your life back. And he goes, with such sincerity, of, he looked like an old, old man and a little, little kid at the same time. And he does this for hours to each person. To each person. Because if you're really in the presence of another Ben Melech, and you yourself are experiencing life through these eyes of, of, of seeing people, of seeing the soul, and your own soul is Megula to you, every moment with each person is the only moment in the world that exists. It's Netzach. It's forever. 
So we, we took an extreme example of the Amshin of a Rebbe, but really these, these things are accessible. And this is what we've been working on for so long, that this is how you want to build a conscious community, build it with a bunch of people that are striving to use, to use their re'iyas and nefesh. But this is the important thing. The way we understand our emuna means that I find out who I am through machshavas kedoshas. That's actually where I find out who I am. And there's all these techniques in the world, finding the inner you and all these. It's all beautiful. It's all sweet. It's not the base medrash. It's not. That's not our inyan. Our inyan. We're bnei nevim. The way we find out who we are is how much effort we put into investing in holy thoughts. And the more that I put effort into holy thoughts. I have a gilui of my nefesh. My nefesh becomes revealed to me. I have a much more of an understanding of who I am. So what did he warn us of in this little paragraph for today? And, and I have to stop here. But what, what did he warn us of? He warned us, warned us of fantasies. Now, based on what we learned today, how do I know what's a fantasy and what's not a fantasy? Who wants to say? Let's say it straight out, yeah? The result of... Uh... Kadosh thing, you're going to be a better person and learn from it. And if it's a fantasy, you, you, you're lost and you're not growing. Right. I mean, you'll say, wow. And then nothing. Right? Wow. I saw, I saw this and that. And, and, Mazel Tov. And now what? Right? Nachon. So part of this is based on what have, what, who have you become from this re'iya? Right? What, what, what has happened to your life based on the re'iya? But what do we have to be very, very careful from, and I've been coming back to this a lot recently, and it's okay, is that I told you already a few weeks ago that, that wherever drugs can take us, the real drug of life, the Eitzachayim, Torah, and these simple Eitzachs from the Tzadikim take us infinitely, infinitely, infinitely higher in a more tangible way. Infinitely. It's not even anything to compare. Only problem is you have to be around people that actually believe that. We've got to be around people that actually believe these things and that are working on these things. And we should be zochet to really not, not be besuffic over any of these experiences. If I have a suffix over these experiences, I have to ask myself, what's really going on in the plimius, on the inside of the inside? We have the, we have the, the strongest medicine in the world is Eitz Chaim He, Eitzas Tovos Lechaim Nitzchim, the Rimenover says. We have these Eitzas from the Tzaddikim that are taking us to these places. And this is just one paragraph of this massive Sefer, Achshah We should have enough guts to like, again, Mincha's coming. Just in a few minutes, it's already late, right? Mincha's coming. What's your Mincha going to be like? More and more, hitchaskut, every davening, a little bit more kedusha, a little bit more of imagery, of holy thoughts and, and, and holy moments that can last forever. And Bezer Hashem will make enough dots during our days that eventually we'll be able to connect the dots and live a life of nevuah, because that's who we really are. B'nai Nevi Yemanachnu. All right, Chodesh Tov, everyone. How would you be able to do it?